This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business. We're joined by Nick Gold, founder of Speakers Corner, and we're here to discuss protecting business reputation over staff training. Thank you for joining us, Nick. Hi, Clayton. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Nick, please tell us about your role as founder at Speaker's Corner. Speaker's Corner started about 20 years ago. It's a family business. It's me and my brother who started the business, and it came from the fact that we'd heard a lot of speakers who spoke a lot about themselves and how they'd done amazing stuff. And we felt that actually there was more because we wanted them to turn it into not necessarily being about them, but about what the audience could learn. And so we grew Speakers Corner and are privileged to be working with some of the most incredible people across the world in order to put the right speaker for our clients who are big companies, small companies, associations or anything like that into their event so they get the right speaker who can deliver them the right content to hopefully shape people's minds and thoughts and take them to better places. Excellent. So with speaking and with businesses, a lot of businesses nowadays, people who are business owners are forced into that role of actually representing their business, where many years ago, you could have been the business owner beavering away and nobody would know who you are. Nowadays, you start a company, you're the CEO, you're expected to dress a certain way, look a certain way, and more importantly, represent the business. Can you tell us what are some of the biggest challenges businesses face when it comes to reputation control? We did this piece of research, and one of the reasons we did the research at Speakers Corner was the fact that we wanted to understand what trends we were seeing. And out of it came this whole aspect about reputation management. And the whole part about it was the fact that companies were looking short-term about reputation management and short-term about how they could look after the whole thing, such that what we're talking about is 86% of the business owners felt that reputation management was more important than their employee engagement. And the problem with that, in my opinion, is that's very short-term. That's us dealing with the world we live in now, whereby you're only looking at how many stars you've been given on on this social platform or that social platform, which doesn't actually help you in the long term. Because the truth is many voices are better than one voice, and there's always going to be a hater out there. But actually, if you have more people who love you and more people who are getting a great experience, then that's going to drown out the negative voices. But yet, my belief is because of the last few years, the pandemic has changed how we view stuff to such short term that we're only really looking at survival, at dealing with what's happening right now. And I think one of the main challenges a business has right now and a business owner or a senior person in business has right now is to shift their mindset away from just looking at what's going on today to actually what's going on in six months or a year's time and actually start thinking strategically rather than tactically. The consequences for poor reputation, what can they have on a business in terms of customer trust and also in terms of recruitment? Because I think there's a, a website called, I'm calling it Revolve, doors, but it's Glassdoor. Glassdoor, that's the one that I'm looking at, that basically a lot of prospective employees go on to and then talk about where they were at their previous roles, etc, etc. And I wonder how that shapes businesses. Let me start the first point and then come back onto the employees themselves. In our survey, one of the key stats we found was that 32% of business owners actually experienced something tangible from negative feedback, such as an investment withdrawal or negative impact on their profits due to this. So it's tangible impact that this reputation management is important. Now, the scaling of it is at a level which clearly matters if nearly a third of businesses are impacted. But again, it comes back to how do we manage that and what does this reputation management mean? And this then comes onto the concept of glass door or whatever's being talked about. Because fundamentally, the best advocates of a business 
And the best voices in order to promote that business are the people working with it, within it. But I think the part that's being missed is the people who are even more important are the people who have left the business. If they have a great experience while they're in that business, they will talk about it forevermore. I mean, I'm sure we can discuss kind of my first job, your first job, kind of for me many, many moons ago, for you maybe a couple of moons ago. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is actually you look at it with rose-tinted goggles. And so I had such fun in my first job. I'm sure at the time it was like hard work, but I just remember the, the good times I had. Indeed. Therefore, I'd talk about that company with just massive affection. And that's the impact you can have on individuals. Do you feel that the ability for consumers, especially to go onto social media, almost willy-nilly and trash a business, is something that petrifies most business owners? I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Of course it does. We're all fear because suddenly there's, there's this voice which actually has automatic action. And kind of, again, from my world and Speaker's Corner, where we deal with some of the biggest names and most incredible people who have achieved such success, they're having this problem as individuals, as much as companies have them as businesses, but that you can't control. And so you almost have to accept that and embrace that fear. And I think kind of, again, as a business owner, ultimately you have to do that anyway. And we have this kind of imposter syndrome and all these discussions. Embrace that fear and accept that it's out there but control what you can control and manage what you can manage and think bigger than just that individual voice who have that access. With that in mind, what advice do you have for businesses looking to improve their reputation and their reputation control? The answer is kind of, it comes back to the employee engagement. Absolutely comes back to that. It's about looking and actually giving people experiences so they can develop themselves because actually learning and development isn't about, I'm going to give you more tools specifically to your job so that you can deliver your job better. Companies, again, should think broader than that and think about, I'm going to give you tools, I'm going to give you techniques, I'm going to give you learnings, I'm going to give you ideas, which is going to help you as a person develop. Because as a business, what we're actually then going to do is we're going to ask you your opinion. We're going to give you the platform in order to deliver actually a better job because you're going to own that because you've got all the tools. I'm not going to say to you, do it this way. I'm going to say to you, this is what we need done. Here's a way for you to educate yourself about and you can come up with how you do it. Because you're better than me understanding what you need to do because it's what you do every day of your life. I mentioned the word control earlier, but actually for, for a business to release control to the people who work within it, it's almost the hardest thing they can do, but the most powerful thing they can do. Diversity and inclusion comes up for many businesses, especially large-scale businesses, who are often called out or caught napping when it comes to dealing with these matters and these situations. I wonder... How important is diversity and inclusion when it comes to reputation management? And really, how can businesses ensure that the efforts that they're making in this area are effective? Our research showed that 28% of our respondents came back and actually said they had an impact on their business by disclosures that came about about diversity and inclusion by equal pay and that there. And again, a business has to embrace this and they have to challenge themselves to be better. And the starting place is that we want to be better and the secondary place, where if you take it from a commercial angle, is to understand that actually, by being better, you're bringing in voices who have different opinions, who have different thoughts, who have different ways of thinking, and you're turning around to them and say, you are going to drive our business better. So commercially, it's not a question of a tick box exercise. It's not a question of turning around and saying, we're doing this because this is what the, the wider world is making us do. The actual reason we're doing this is because it can impact our bottom line for the better. Because whether we're talking about commercially, it's going to improve us because we're going to have better ideas. But also it's going to make us like 
these these statements we've come out with either during the pandemic or recently or whatever, where it's like we are an equal opportunities employee or whatever words we want to use, actually we're living and breathing it because not only does it impact those people who are being affected by it, but all the other employees of that business who actually have joined the business because they like what the business has said. They need you to deliver now. They need you to actually practice what you've preached. And for those businesses that aren't doing it and are kind of greenwashing the whole thing, they're going to get found out. Which businesses in your mind have really managed to turn around what could have been a possible PR disaster and made it into something that was at least workable? Starbucks didn't have a great reputation, but they heavily invested in their people's growth. They actively engaged their employees in order to promote the company and promote the culture but also what they're doing in terms of the products and how they're delivering them. And what this meant is actually the employees were the one who took control of the social media platform. They took control of the messaging and it, it became their voices rather than this corporate voice which told them how they should speak. And I think that was such a moment which almost changed how companies could perceive themselves. And actually, a big company of that scale to turn around and say, hold on, we're going to empower these people and push these people down this route. It's a massive thing to give up and to trust in your employees. And from that, you've got a company who have a massive employee engagement success rate. And outwardly to us consumers are very much in the good box, how we perceive them. It's very interesting you mentioned Starbucks, because I would have put John Lewis in that bracket as well insofar as they always had that engagement. Anytime I ever met somebody who worked at John Lewis, they always seemed quite happy, <laughs> which is quite rare for most employees of many situations. They always seem to be, oh, John Lewis is really good. I really enjoy working for John Lewis, etc., etc. Yeah, but yeah. So I find that fascinating. And, and obviously that brings home the point that you're making, how a lot of that reputation starts from within the company before the public even gets close. Yes. And I think what's interesting with John Lewis, kind of using your example right now, is that they're going through problems right now. And I think one of the reasons, from my perspective, they're going through problems is the fact it was an employee-owned business and everything around that. They stopped actually delivering that above and beyond it being a headline figure. They stopped understanding that it was beyond like a share of profits. And actually, the important thing was they, the employees felt they owned the company. The employees felt it was their messaging. And you kind of felt they went to corporate because of the threat of online shopping, because of the pandemic and everything like that, it was like they hunkered down rather than turning around and saying, you guys, you've kind of, it's time for you to step up. What, what should we be doing differently? And it's a fear. And I understand, again, as a business owner myself, speaker's corner, I understand that fear. And it takes a much braver person to let go than it does to control and control. How does speaker's corner assist businesses and maybe individuals in really enhancing their reputation? It's education. It's not even giving answers. And I think this is where we are in the world right now. And this is hopefully what our speakers, not hopefully they do, what our speakers provide to, to audiences, both as a company, both as individuals, is we don't necessarily have any answers right now because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow or let alone a week's time or six months' time. What we do have is people who can ask us salient questions and give their experiences. Ultimately, I'm here with you and I, we're having a great conversation, but I'm not sitting here and turning around and say, this is the answer and that's it. I'm saying, these are the questions. This is what we need to be thinking about. And the truth is, these great speakers who Speakers Corner put into these companies, what they're really doing is they're asking those questions and they're leaving the individuals to decide what they want to do with that. Now, some people might dismiss it out of hand because they don't, they don't agree or they don't believe in what the person's saying. Other people are going to really enjoy the experience of just having someone telling them great stories. But there's going to be a fraction of that audience who are looking to improve and looking to change. And what they're going to do is they're going to take the lessons and take the learnings they learned from that session and impart it in their everyday lives. And that's beyond just the company. That's the whole of their lives. But it's going to impact the company. And it's going to challenge 
the leaders of that company and how they perceive they're doing stuff. Because we almost, it's as important to change it as to sense check yourselves because we are, because change is happening around us. So even just affirming what you're currently doing is a massive step to success. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. A lot of business owners, especially, and the audience that are going to be listening today, they are bombarded with ideas about thought leadership and personal branding. How much does that play into the reputation of a business? And should individuals who have businesses or who are part of businesses be investing heavily in thought leadership and personal branding? The short answer is yes. The longer answer is you have to live and breathe what you do. You can't get away with having kind of being this multi-personality and I'm a different person at home than I am in bit work or anything like that. It's all merged into one. I mean, listen, kind of whether, whether we're talking about work from home, work remotely, whether we're talking about actually what it means, what your brand actually stands for, it's the same. I remember again, when I started work, I've, it always used to be I work to live. I have to do five days work, nine to five, in order to have fun at the weekend. And that's what I do. And one of the reasons I started Speaker's Corner was this realisation that you spend too long at work. Why don't you go to work every day with a smile on your face? Whatever that might mean. And if you're going to do that, the only way you can do that is by being true to yourself. And you know something? And then you bring people along for the ride. And your employees, they believe in you. They believe in the business and they believe in the brand, but they believe in you because you're living and breathing that. And you don't have to fake it. It's just who you are. And it means you get go home with a smile on your face and they go home with a smile on your face. And that's not just your employees, that's your customers as well. If you're, if you're striving to be someone you're not, then you're going to get found out. That makes a lot of sense. And obviously a message for the audience that are listening today on Podcast Radio Business. So you mentioned and you've referred to throughout our interview, the survey that was made and that was done. Is there a way to access that? We have, if you go to our website, we have, we have blogs and pieces around the whole thing. In terms of a deeper study, please do kind of get in touch with us at Speakers Corner. We'll be delighted to share more information about the whole thing. Could you also let people know where they can find you at Speakers Corner? Is there a web address, etc.? Yes, of course. I should say kind of our web address is www.speakerscorner.co.uk. We're also on all major social platforms. I wish I was more on all of them, but mostly you can find me on LinkedIn. So please do engage with me and I'd be delighted to chat. Excellent. So Nick Gold, founder of Speakers Corner, thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. Clayton, it's been an absolute pleasure and thanks for your time. You're most welcome, sir.